don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. The first two seconds was him jumping in and out of lakes, trying to climb monkey bars, getting screamed at. So immediately when you're on Facebook, you've caught someone's attention. We sat down with Alex Ayan, who is the commercial director of Media Chain, and someone whose years of experience within social media has really lent itself to emotive-led campaigns that use storytelling as an emotional device. Alex was here to discuss with us why brands still struggle to use emotion when telling stories on social media. One of the best things to do is is the five why method. So if I was to ask you why are you making why are we making this podcast, you'd have a reason. Then if I ask you why that reason again, you'd have a reason. And you get down to a real core, either value set or passion within you or a mission. And that's the most powerful thing which would engage the masses. All this and more coming up. Why is it so difficult and why is it such a challenge to tell great stories on social media for brands? For brands in particular, storytelling across the ages has been uh, been an art anyway. It's been a skill set that not many people have been able to master. But traditionally, there's there's been very few mediums for you to tell a story when you look back to film, radio, TV. Now with social, there is Twitter, short form. There is YouTube, long form. Facebook are going into the long form game. There's so many more ways, lengths, types, styles... Uh, story arcs that you need to be very platform specific in how you tell your brand narrative. You need to also think about why people would care about your message when they are scrolling through their Instagram stories with their friends' content, Mm. with Mm. other influencers that they follow's content, and then the brands there. So if that's not native to the platform and it comes across as as an advert, I don't have to tell anyone that especially the younger demographic, don't like to be advertised too. There's a lot of um, uh, people avoiding adverts specifically or especially the messaging. So for me, some of the key things for, for telling a great story are focusing on the characters. Mm, so yeah. so immediately when you, when you capture someone's attention, the best campaign recently that I've seen is Nike with Colin Kaepernick. You see his face blown up. It immediately captures your attention on the billboard, on Instagram, um, on several other platforms, you, you you then immediately get the context. If you know, if you're into sports, you get the context behind him as a person. And then the most important thing, I think, for the story, and we've spoke about this previously, mm-hmm. is then the copywriting skills. Mm-hmm. And I think it was nine words we spoke about that mm-hmm. they were able to tell that. Colin Kaepernick. Believe in something, yeah. um, even if you have to sacrifice everything. And that message and that story is is relatable to so many different people in so many different races, religions, mm. areas around the world. And so once you've got the relatability and you've got the person's attention from building a character, it's how you can then, for most people, build up to some sort of climax. Mm, mm. What's at stake? Mm. What's the consequence mm. for uh, someone watching that piece of content? And we've done it at, at Media Chain in a variety of different ways from Facebook live streams mm. where where we 
uh, gamified them to, to some extent. But we told a story in terms of what would happen if you put certain people in certain situations that they weren't comfortable with. And one of them was someone was afraid of balloons. So we put them with the world's biggest balloon and the people were commenting um, for the balloon to get bigger and bigger and bigger underneath the person. Mm, mm. Um, you could win what was in the balloon, which was a pair of um, the brand that we were working with products. Mm. So that was the incentive and they were very exclusive products. You couldn't get them anywhere. They were sold out everywhere. But ultimately you were wondering what was going to happen when the balloon exploded. And it's almost building to that climax, that anticipation at the end. Mm. Mm. Um, it's something that I think is very much overlooked and people are very bland with um is is that because though i agree i think a really great story you have to uh build up those characters and build up to this point where yeah. the story sort of comes to its climax but how can you do that when formats on social give you so little time in which to do it yeah so if we take if we take a few specific examples of platforms mm. the best example so for twitter the best example i've seen recently is what sporf uh, our sports media publisher did on the weekend for the Tyson Fury fight. So images resonate much better. I think it's 313%, something like that, increase in engagement if you use a picture. But if you use four picture images in a collage, you can tell a very good narrative. Mm. So the first one was the fighters coming out. Mm. The second mm. one was them mid-fight. The third one was Fury when he got knocked down in the last round. And then the fourth one was the boat getting the hands raised. Mm. And then mm. there was there was smart copy as well that went with it that kind of told the narrative. But the image is what captures your attention. Mm. We're visual mm. beings. As soon as the, the you, you really need to capture someone with the visual first. Um, and if you can incorporate that kind of sequential story arc through those four images, very powerful. Because some people have asked me recently about uh, how, how can you tell a great story with paid? when it's quite um, performance mm. driven. Mm. Yeah. It's very like metrics driven. So for things such as carousel ads, you could have images, videos that tell like a brand's narrative. The one that's worked best for us recently, we can't mention the brand name, but there was a, a person that had a, a, a skin issue, a skin mm. problem issue, mm. talking directly to the camera. Mm. So you built up that character narrative. The, the hero or the, the main character there was imperfect which most brands don't do. They focus on the good looking model, glamorous, um, Photoshop a lot of the imperfections out, but we focus on the imperfections because we know that was what was gonna to relate to the masses. Mm. It's a universal mm. mass, especially with a younger demographic mm. for skincare. We then, the second um, image and piece of copy was explaining, was almost like a, adding value to them in terms of how you can deal with that problem mm, in different mm, ways, not mm. just with their product, but actually in, in different ways with your diet and, and different other methods. So you've immediately then, you've captured someone's attention, you see someone that you can relate to that has a challenge similar to you, a problem similar to you as a, as a consumer. You then get more information, which is the educational. And then the final one was the, the transformation. Mm. And, and that's often missed and very key, is what lessons or how is the product improved that person's life um, in a way that is, is is quite remarkable. And any great story, any great narrative, that that's that's really important. Mm. You've, you've sort of set out a clear beginning, middle, middle. and end there. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me that that really lends itself to uh, branded content, obviously, in a way, yeah. such as video. But the problem I always find um, with this particular type of storytelling is it seems to me like the story arcs have changed because it almost seems to me like as a creator, 
on social media now and as a brand, you are told to put the most interesting piece of that story at the beginning mm. to yep. get that attention in the first place. Yeah. So does that change the, the, the dynamic of a story, I suppose, would you say? Does that... And it's also playing into the the platforms. Yeah. So yeah. So exactly. we so, so we've we've found that specifically with Facebook, if we put movement within the first one second, mm. the first mm-hmm. one to two seconds of the video, we were increasing our view through rate by double digits. So we did a piece recently with the Royal Marines where one of our mm. talent went down for you've seen the piece. I right? saw it. <laughs> so Sam went down to get run through his paces of what it's like to be a Royal Marine for the day. The, the first t- like two seconds, or this was all the way up to five seconds, was him jumping in and out of lakes, um, trying to climb monkey bars, getting screamed at. So immediately when you're on Facebook, you've caught someone's attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then, so we, then we didn't have the opener until after that period. So the opener came, I think six seconds in, and he was explaining that the reason why he was doing this was to find out what it's like to be a Royal Marine and, and, and what people do and sacrifice. Mm. So you wouldn't mm. start with that. And you, and you wouldn't start with that because you'd lose people straight away. No, and mm. it's just someone talking to camera. It seems yeah. to me like it's almost like, the say, say the video you've made is a movie. And whereas movies go out sort of on their own, you get the trailer like a few months before, yeah. don't you? Yeah. You're almost having to give that tiny little trailer, before, trailer. The, before the main thing starts. Yeah. And, and that's very interesting. Even if you can move on to other platforms, Instagram, especially on Instagram stories, we've seen adoption go through the roof. Mm, mm. So we've then looked into right, how can we how can we bring our audience in to create the story with us? Mm, mm. So that's probably one of the biggest things when we talk about how social media has changed storytelling is the two-way communication mm. and people want to feel like they are changing mm. or affecting what's happening on screen. So good example for for Instagram stories is we've created a series called Your Call where we'll give the audience two options for what the talent does on screen. Mm. So you could do that for any brand, any mm. client you could do it for as well. And the more and more ridiculous, the more and more remarkable, crazy stunts and things that they have to do, whether it's they have to jump out of a plane, mm. which I had to mm. do on Oh Monday. God, yeah, how was that? Wasn't great. Um, <laughs> Or whether it's as simple as um, which football game to go to on the weekend. Mm. It's something that people want to select. They feel like they're 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 almost creating their own screenplay. They've become more than just the reader, haven't they? Much more than just the reader. And brands that can really uh, mobilise their audiences, I think, always have success Mm. in terms of telling Mm. a great story. So. For, for me, over the past two, three years, as a, someone that does Tough Mudder, mm. looking at their marketing strategy is fantastic because they all, um, is it Escape the Ordinary was the main one? I think we were talking yeah. about it before. Yeah. Escape the Ordinary, where they took they got people to um, tweet in, message them, show videos of the reasons why they were taking this risk and going above and beyond to do Tough Mudder. Mm. The reasons, the emotional reasons why they were doing it, whether it was for charity, mm whether it was for certain family members, whether it was to show their kids that anything was possible because there was a couple that <clears throat> had been overweight and were losing significant weight to even be able to do Tough Mudder. Mm-hmm. And you think about that as a message. And if you don't have massive like marketing video budgets, you're not a media production company, it's a very cost-effective way to leverage your audience through a hashtag, so they did it on Twitter, Instagram, for people to submit their stories of the reasons why, the emotional reasons why, because they're in with a chance to not only just get Tough Mudder paid for, mm. but they're mm. also going to get free exposure. Mm. And everyone likes 
you know, a, mm. a bit of free exposure to some extent anyway. But they brought that into a, uh, they told a narrative through everyone's stories. I think it was a compilation video of about two to mm. three minutes, mm. which is one of their most engaging pieces on Facebook, but very little video production time because mm. most, most of it was user generated. And it's something that we've always tried to do with any of the campaigns uh, that we've run for, for brands is how can we leverage the massive audience that, that we own the big audiences that the brand owns mm. and get them involved in the creative. Mm. Mm. I think that when, once you start doing that, uh, it just flips your thinking and you're not just telling someone a message, you're actually connecting with your demographic. Mm. Sometimes people don't necessarily think about their audiences before they put the uh, creative together. They'll, they'll brainstorm, they'll come up with a great mm. idea, a great mm. piece of creative that they think will work with good story arcs. Mm. But if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't relate, it's very difficult then to get people to take an action. Because mm. it's very fickle, isn't it? Because it's, it almost strikes me as, you know, you know, if you use the example of a Hollywood film, yeah. you know, me, me and Eve might have completely different tastes in films. Yeah. And, you know, one might really, really resonate with me, one might be completely different with you, but mm. the story arc isn't necessarily different. Yeah. And what I found interesting as well is, because is, it is obvious, you know, and a lot of people listening to this will see examples of brands who have sort of tried to tell a story, but it, it's really, you mm. know, missed miss the mark. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and but it strikes me, I, th I think one of the, we were having a conversation the other day and we were basically saying, this doesn't seem to be a problem that you, you've had with print advertising and TV advertising in a way, but when it comes to social media, it's so much harder. And is, is that solely because of the attention or is there, th there other elements at play? I think when you look at print and you look at other forms of, other forms of advertising, it has it has been well. If you take print, especially, it's difficult. You've only got images mm. and text, mm. whereas the world that we operate in is moving towards video. I mm. think it's eighty percent mm -hmm. of the internet is going to be video by next year or the year after, and video is particularly difficult to to make a, a or create something powerful. Um, without the right expertise, know-how or knowledge. Mm. You can make something, but it can almost have a negative brand perception mm. Uh, mm. if you don't make the right type of, or the right type of creative. Mm. Um, something that we always, we always try and operate with, with Media Chain is one of the most basic story arcs is you build up a character in act one. There is a, a challenge or an obstacle or a problem that they're trying to overcome, whether it be get back into shape, Mm -hmm. for a tough mudder, mm -hmm. whether it be any skincare brands they're trying to clear, uh, rid their face, but there's some kind of obstacle which is preventing them from achieving something, whether it's going to prom, whether it's running a marathon, whatever that might be, mm. uh, which happens in act two. And then the third act <clears throat> is them overcoming that, whether it's a fear, whether it's a, um, a challenge, but within that final, that final act, the transformation of that person and the and the the lesson that they've learned is so 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 important. Mm. And if that doesn't mm. connect to a universal truth within us as humans, mm. uh, and some of the best ones I've ever seen are done in films. Mm. So if you take Toy mm. Story for example, Eve's a big Toy Story fan. That's why mm -hmm. I'm bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people out there, not just young people, old people as well, still love Toy Story. Yeah, because they can relate to. It's not. It's not the toys. It's not Woody and Buzz Lightyear. If, when you ask people what the film's about, they probably say, oh, it's a film about toys mm. getting lost and trying to find mm. their owner. It's really, well, the human truth is someone loving somebody else and them not loving them back. Mm. Mm. And when you look into that as a, as a concept, that's relatable to most people in the world have gone through that. 
as an experience. Mm. And that's why that film is, stays dear to most people. So I'm not saying try and create a mini film for every piece of content you, you, you put out there, but definitely have those hero pieces in mind throughout the calendar year because that's what people will remember. And that's what people will remember for years from now. People will remember the Colin Ka Kaepernick campaign years from now. Do you think that kind of storytelling lends itself to every kind of brand? Or is there some brands where you'll admit, okay, it's much more challenging to create this really emotive, powerful yeah. storytelling that's all like got the characters. And for some brands, it might just not be applicable. Yeah, I don't think it's the right for everyone. And also it's it's... It's, it's picking and choosing the right moments, the right cultural moments, what's happening within that, in the brand's world that a customer will care about. Mm. What problem are you solving as a brand? And then how you can tell that in an engaging way. Yeah. So a good example is Blendtec. It's, it's an example that most people use, but I find it fascinating because it's a blending company. So how do you make a blender interesting or get people to care about watching a video for longer than two, three seconds? And so, so they created a, a significant anticipation gap um, for what what people wanted them to put in the blender. Mm. So they started off with an iPhone. Very remarkable, putting an iPhone in a blender. What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, well before I watched the video, I got no idea what's going to happen yeah, to the blender. Yeah. It also gets across the product's features without yeah. saying how good the features are because the yeah. product didn't break. They put diamonds in there. They put steel caps in there. Um, but then you're also in getting your audience to participate tag all right you should try this next time you should, yeah. you should you should do this and it's funny it's like a but but more importantly than it being funny is you're wondering what will happen mm. it's that imagine if if you if you could ask any brand imagine if x that's such a powerful statement it's what mm. if mm. xyz and that will engage people on a on a much deeper level and it doesn't have to be serious emotional storytelling about betrayal guilt mm. love etc but then also looking at the the six basic emotions that people connect with. So I think it's joy, disgust, fear. There's six core ones. But if you think there's probably a million things you feel on a day-to-day -day basis, and we're trying to put these emotions in a category of six. Mm, mm, That's what I always struggle sure, with when I want to see sure. people talking about emotions. Oh, you, you just need to make the audience feel happy. or so. It's like, yes, but you also need to think about much more than that. It's, are you making them laugh inside? Are you making them... Uh, relate to a feeling of guilt mm. where they've mm -hmm. done something that they shouldn't have done or eating something that they shouldn't have done or is it fear and not just fear of missing out like we hear with foam it's like fear of doing an action and how can you relate to that so I hate flying so any content I see when people have to do bungee jumps or jump out I watch because I've, I'm feeling their fear so before they jump out massive emotional trigger yeah and that's why people then, then tag and I'll, share, and I'll share it with people that I know are scared of flying so if you can then tap into those types of emotions and not just the um, not just the basic six, I think that's even more powerful because it taps into your identity as a person. Mm. Mm. How do you how do you stand? I'm curious on because we've heard a few different opinions on this, but where do you stand on using the more negative side of emotions like fear and guilt? So, so I'm not the biggest fan, definitely not. And we've done a campaign with Frazy actually recently about emotions matter. Yeah, and and really trying to avoid especially the younger demographic who are very malleable in their thoughts and opinions and um and the stories they tell about themselves their internal scripts mm -hmm. and not influencing them through um scaremonger tactics mm. yeah like if you don't buy this you're not going to be beach body ready mm. so that i think it's 
Protein Works or someone did that campaign. Mm. Yeah. It's got oh, a lot of heat in the news. I can't remember I that. Can't remember. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I remember I can't remember being on the underground yeah. every morning. It was on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah. And people, it yeah. got such terrible press. But that's yeah. exactly that is like the th like the scaremonger tactics. Mm. Um, but if you flip it on its head, so the campaign that we were doing on Monday was around overcoming your fears. Yeah. So how can you do something and do an action where you, when you see the video, you'll definitely be living it through me, <laughs> going up in a fighter jet and then doing like flips uh, uh, in the plane. But me then coming out of that on the other side and actually doing something that I never thought was possible. The, the transformation, and that's the, the third arc, mm. is that anything's possible. Because mm. I never it's thought I'd do positive. that. But very positive. Yeah. Even though it's a fear emotion, it's like a mix. Yeah. You've got fear, you've got um, uh, comedy, because Steve's joking around about me not being able, the plane crashing. And oh, God. She, and it follows she showed me a video oh, of so it. Beforehand, he showed me a video of uh, a 78 year old who was in a, on the same plane that we were going in with a pilot who had passed out during the flight and then he had to land the plane by himself oh so you've got how this how would you even know how to do oh, that I just, wouldn't, so you're yeah. to, I just wouldn't give up to air traffic control <laughs> but they, they went so it's fear then it was sadness then it was excitement then mm. it was inspirational at, at the end because like, I couldn't believe I, that that yeah. was even I never thought I'd ever be able to do that it takes you on this massive journey so, doesn't so it? it's, yeah. like, really... it's mixing all these emotions into one piece which is quite powerful. I guess what ropes you in is that sort of, say someone who had the same phobia as you would see it and go, oh, I'm relating to it, so I'll watch mm, it. And they're exactly. sort of invested for that reason. But you're not making them more scared as a result. You're actually saying it has a good outcome. It's got a good outcome at mm. the end. It's that, what's the message? What are you trying to get someone else to believe? What, how, how are you trying to educate them in something mm. to do with your product or your world or your context? Mm. How are you inspiring them? What do you want them to get out of watching mm. your content? Why are you making it? Will, will anyone care? What, like, seriously, one of the best things um, to do is is the five why method. So, if I was to ask you why are you making why are we making this podcast, you'd have a reason. Yeah, yeah. Then if I ask you why that reason again, you'd have a reason, and you get down to a real core, uh, either value set or mm. or passion within you or a mission, uh, and that's the most powerful thing which would engage the the masses, mm. and that's the bit that you really should try and get out. I want to I want to throw something else at you here, we here go. because we've uh, <laughs> got to go a slight curveball because um, I've been I'm intrigued by this because you know we've been talking like I said about a lot of the stories and I've noticed that a lot of them you know focus around individuals like like a traditional story you know yeah. they focus around these uh, these heroes these villains these what have you now in 2018 and I you know acutely aware we're very close to 2019. Do people still care or care less even about the story behind an actual brand? And the example that sticks in my mind here is a brand like Burberry, yeah. where it's got that massive heritage and all of that. And a lot of their advertising is geared towards the story yeah. of that brand. Are we in a place now where people root for a brand? Do we, do we have that relationship with brands? You know, can a brand yeah. tell its story and it still be as interesting as telling a story about say um, Eve who wears Burberry and is, yeah. is a, you know, shops at Burberry. But, but the Burberry one's quite interesting. I wish. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you? <laughs> I don't. The, the Burberry one for me is interesting because there, did you see the campaign they did in 2016 where it was a, it was a five- it a wartime one, wartime wasn't it? Yeah, piece. exactly, that's the one that sticks in and mind, they got yeah. The they got a film crew yeah. and they got actors, Hollywood actors 
Massive production. Massive production. And it, it actually made me and several people in the office reconsider Burberry. Because mm. I used to think it was, I had no connection to the story behind it, but I'd, I used to see it as a materialistic brand. Mm. Mm -hmm. Whereas seeing mm -hmm. that piece of content and what they did to help the war, my granddad served at the war, mm -hmm. so then it immediately connected with me way more than it, it had ever done before because mm. I just didn't know that story. Sure, sure. But then you, on the flip side, you've got people that are trying to tap into, or brands that in particular, that are trying to tap into uh, cultural moments like Pepsi with um, Kendall Jenner yeah. without having an authentic place within that story. So, so it doesn't make sense for them to have a to have a to have an opinion mm, mm. in an area where they've they've not developed or they've not um, they've not cultivated an audience. Mm -hmm. They've not spoke about those topics previously. Mm -hmm, so it's mm -hmm. out of the very out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Starbucks in America struggled to go into inner city America in the eighties and nineties. Struggled massively until they signed a deal with Magic Johnson who at the time was the best basketball basketball player in the world, playing at the LA Lakers. And he, with them, it was it was much more than a sponsorship deal. It was a, he would, he opened 120 stores in inner city America, um, which enabled them to have an authentic voice in those, those areas. Because mm -hmm. then he had input on what it looked like, which areas, what they served, how, it, how the menu differed from traditional Starbucks. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of do it from a marketing perspective through other people if it's done in, in an intelligent way. Mm, mm. And that's why with influencers in today's world, it's very difficult to find authenticity when mm. one minute they're promoting one fashion brand, the next day they're promoting another with the same promo codes. So it's very difficult to find that longevity or that brand loyalty. So that's why we're seeing, especially in the US, sports world or sports sponsorship world a lot of athletes have reducing their sponsorships from 12 down to three but the ones that mean the most to them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and are becoming brand ambassadors rather than i'm going to pay you to to show up in my product yeah. mm -hmm. and they're involved in the creative the product development the geography is about where the where the brand expands into so they're then much more invested than i'm going to pay you some money you're going to talk about my product in a favorable way because then when they wear them on their Instagram stories, when they talk about them, when they're getting interviewed on ESPN or on um, Fox or mm -hmm. whatever the vertical may be, whether it's celebrities, whether it's film stars, whether it's athletes, it's much more authentic. And I know people talk about authenticity, but it's more looking at what's the contextual relevance your brand has in an area? Mm. Does it have a right to speak about that area? And if it doesn't and you want to talk to those people, who are the most relevant the most the people that really stand for something like a Colin Kaepernick mm. with Nike in that vertical tell a story for individuals mm. is what you're yeah. saying yeah, yeah. I wonder at that point then because you said Burberry was sort of telling their story but it sounds like a lot of brands these days are telling our stories yeah just want to get your thoughts on that like which, which one do you think is becoming more of a trend or which one do you favour well if you think about Burberry the Burberry piece they can only do it once yeah. Really, there's a very there's yeah, you very can't keep you can't on keep about talking it. about that. Did you know we yeah. did this? Yeah. So that's why telling current people stories and struggles and what they've gone through is is much better way to mm -hmm. for longevity to create a content plan that lasts years and that that can really tap into cultural moments within each year, whether it be Valentine's Day, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it be whatever it mm -hmm. may be that taps into those moments in a way that's that's very engaging. I want to go outside of the hero content. Yeah. Things like obviously the Burberry again, 
a Hollywood actors like a like a massive set and and obviously yeah like we can see the value of doing these really amazing standalone pieces yeah. of content at different parts in the year but what about business as usual do you think it's yeah. possible for brands to keep up that emotional relevance and keep telling little stories in the everyday day-to-day -day social that has to be turned over quickly so there's, to there's tools out there that can help you create video assets and end cards to make that process much simpler. Mm. I don't necessarily think you need to create these big hero pieces on a regular basis. It just wouldn't be feasible to do. No. I think what you do need to do is hire either a smart agency that has intelligent copywriters. <laughs> Shout out to, to <laughs> even Thea. Very much. <laughs> copywriters, I, th I think, is a skill set that's often overlooked in a world where we're moving towards video, mm. imagery and video. Mm. When if you think about some of the, the best brands on social, I'm thinking about your Innocent Smoothie, your Tesco Mobile, who are funny, who take customer complaints and turn it into a massive positive that gets tens of thousands of retweets, it's because they're, they're almost comedians mm. in terms mm -hmm. of the wit that they have in the words that they say. Mm -hmm. So hiring either an agency or an in-house team that are, have great copywriting skills, but then also that can tell a, can tell a story quickly on a, an Instagram 15 second video mm -hmm. or an Instagram story mm -hmm. even shorter is, is, the, is the way forward. And also what people care about. So it could be as simple as someone's opinion on what's happened in the news today. But you might, but me as a listener, might, that might be valuable because I don't watch the news anymore. So I don't get that content. Almost thinking about what's the reason, whether it be food, whether it be fashion, whatever your brand vertical is, why would someone follow you above and beyond an influencer, above and beyond their friend? What's the unique differentiator that you are offering, whether it be motivation, daily motivation, if it's fitness, whether it be um, recipe videos if it's food what is that reason that they can't get anywhere else that's either going to entertain motivate or inspire you each and every day mm. I get a sense as well one of the points we haven't yet touched on is uh, the user becoming a storyteller yeah we've in you know just just by the word Instagram stories and Snapchat stories we've all we've always had this storytelling capability you know we, we thrive off great stories but we are telling stories about our lives more and more every day now, aren't we? Mm. Through yeah. Instagram stories, through Snapchat stories. And I suppose that goes back to your point about influencer marketing in a way yeah. that, you know, that, that our stories have become so much more powerful and so much more prevalent in everyday life Yeah, that they are, you know, they, they are almost like the benchmark of stories. And, and I suppose that ties into a lot of what you were saying about, you, you know, these are stories from people who are relatable, from people that we yeah. know, from Sam who did the, you know, the Marines with, yeah. with that. It's, it's, it's become so much more prevalent on social media, hasn't it? It's not yeah. just a Hollywood thing anymore. Yeah, not at all. And because people are growing their own assets, media, some, a lot of people have bigger or higher followed accounts than brands. Mm, mm -hmm. you know, some of the biggest influencers. But even if you look into the lower level or the micro-influencer space, those people are very influential in certain niches. Mm, mm. So it's important to captivate your demographic. If you're a brand, is how can you captivate that audience's attention with story to stories from your audience? Mm, so mm. the best example I, I think that we've ever done it was in was in the fashion space. Um, for Boohoo where we created Boohoo Nothing to Wear mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was a hashtag which went out every Wednesday and people all across the country could tweet their reason why they deserved clothes I actually tweeted 
that, but it was before I started working here, so it was really, <laughs> really weird. It's it was all coming out, it's all coming out now. But, the, but that Didn't has win. to- Didn't win. What's going have? on there? <laughs> I feel there's an indirect there, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> We're very professional, we have T's and C's. Um, but, the, but basically the people could tweet in their reason and, and rationale almost for why, and almost their personal story for why they deserved um, Boohoo to pay for their outfit for the weekend. Mm. And we had some funny ones, we had some emotional ones, we had some really serious ones. But because every week they that hashtag trended, it went number four in the charts, it went mm, number three in the mm, charts, and then mm. it went number one in the charts each week. So if you think about tens of thousands of Boohoo customers mm. telling their audience mm. emotional reasons as to why they want Boohoo clothes, mm. it's like you've got so many more people doing it for free like almost micro-influencers doing it for free. Yeah. So how can you, so the, the takeaway for me there is how can you create an environment where the audience you want to capture wants something, so you create the desire, whether it be a product, whether it be meeting your favorite influencer, whatever it may be, that money, almost like a money can't buy prize, which would encourage people to, to enter into a competition that's low mm, barrier to entry. Mm. And then if you can create a, a very powerful or emotive hook as to what they had to do to enter, it can be so powerful. Cause we had a couple of the submissions for that. I still remember today there was one, there was one uh, girl who was just in hospital, just had two operations. Mm, mm. And it was so that she, she was too thin cause she'd lost so much weight due to the operations and being in hospital for a mm. long time uh, to wear uh, her, any of the clothes. Mm, and so she mm. wanted a new wardrobe as a result. And if you think about the amount of people that liked and retweeted that, mm. and the message that that then told Boohoo as a brand, it was very um, authentic, very believable. Yeah. It connected to people. So it strikes me that it's just, it's not just one or the other. It's a combination of this powerful storytelling arcs and also the emotion that comes with it together. Yeah. I could talk about this all day. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. we've, we've run out of time, I'm afraid. Aww. But uh, I know, I know. But it's such a such an interesting takeaway. I'll give, give you the the chance there in just a few yep. words. What would your nugget of advice be to, you know, brands who want to create this powerful story? What would, yep. what would that be? So keep it simple. Then the most, I think for the future, would be to create a narrative that's unexpected. Mm-hmm that has a hero that's imperfect mm -hmm. or a character that's imperfect, people connect more, it's much more relatable. And we've seen with the like, even if you could look into TV mm. with Luther, mm. he's an imperfect character, mm. but he's doing things from the right kind of reasons. Mm -hmm. People connect to that. That's why mm. this, the new series is about to blow up. And then as a result, it's gone everywhere on social media. Yeah. Keep it simple. Make sure your, your main character or your hero is imperfect and make sure the ending's unexpected. Because if, if people can expect the story arc, then they switch off nowadays. Yeah. We'll go out and tell my story Lovely. after this. Thank you very yeah. much, Alex. Thank Appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. On. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with Theo, Eve and music by Pierre Flass.